If you were here last week or if you watched last week's service, uh, we talked about pursuing God. I wish I could find out how many of you guys actually Google searched greyhound chasing rabbit last week. Did anybody go home and Google search it after asking you? Anybody? No, no, no. Well, do it today because you're going to laugh. There's some funny videos out there. But we talked about the pursuit. And after hearing that message, if you didn't get a chance to hear it, it's on our website or, or on our YouTube channel. You go hear it. But perhaps you left church last week encouraged, this week will be different. I'm going to pursue God this week every single day. I'm going to chase after him. And maybe you got off to a good start, and Monday you got up in the morning and you put him first. And Tuesday, but then Tuesday afternoon something happened at work, or Wednesday, or perhaps on Thursday, and something started to derail the focus a little bit. And you got to this place and you said, but I had every intention to pursue God. What happened? And I get into this question this morning. What causes us to lose our focus or to stop the pursuit of God first? That's a very good question because we all, I mean, if we're honest, it happens to us. We get busy, right? Like one of my favorite parables of Jesus is the parable of the sower. The sower went out to sow and seeds fell on stony ground and on thorns and all these different things. And Jesus gives the explanation of it, what the difference was, the ones that the cares of the world caused it to go away, or the fact that there wasn't a depth of soil so it could not grow and the heat scorched it. So what is it that causes us? And today I want to talk about one specific thing that causes us to stop the pursuit of God or causes us to lose the focus. And it's this, it's our thoughts. Our thoughts or what we meditate on. I'm not talking about meditation. I'm talking about what we are pondering on, what we are ruminating on, what we are thinking about. And I wrote it this way. Our thoughts can derail us or keep us on course. You're going down the train of life. Your thoughts, my thoughts can derail the train or it can keep the train on course. So what are we thinking about? What are we spending time thinking about? I mean, I gave you guys the example of the bird that made a nest in my roof. Talked about it last week. Filled up two or three big black construction garbage bags full of twigs and branches and feathers and all kinds of leaves and junk because there was a hole that I did not cover where a light fixture used to be. And a bird would go in and out and made it his home. And thoughts may come... But are we allowing that thought to make a nest in our head, in our thought process that is derailing us from pursuing God? Because what does the Bible say in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3? It's a verse I think we should all know. Isaiah 26, 3. It says this, that he will guard in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. God, you will guard in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. You want to know the secret to walking in peace? Continuing your thoughts on God and God alone. That's what will bring peace to our lives. Thinking about what God wants us to think about. Thinking about what God says about us. Thinking, what are we thinking about? Because that's going to derail your pursuit or that is going to have you stay on course in your pursuit. 
our thoughts. Taking thoughts captive to the obedience of Jesus, the scripture talks about. Our thoughts derail us or keep us. On Wednesday, I went to have a meeting. And I was waiting for the person I was going to meet with. And I was sitting in the front office. And the secretary was there. And I've known the secretary for about three or four years as this partnership with, with, with an entity that we have. And, and I asked the person, I was like, Miss So-and-so, how are you doing? And she said, Pastor David, I'm not. Or she actually calls, she calls me Pastor Perez. She goes, Pastor Perez, I'm not that good today. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I'm not sleeping I'm worried. Everything that's going on in our city, everything that's going on in the world, everything, thing, I'm not sleeping, I'm not resting. And I, and, I, and, I re- and, I, and I quoted to her this verse that I want to read with you this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. This is at the end of the book of Philippians. Paul's talking all these different things. And he says, finally, brethren, whatever things, you can follow right there, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, Lovely, good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If you're reading out of the ESV version, it says, think about these things. As a matter of fact, the King's James translation says, think about these things. So meditate, think. It's the same type of thing. Again, it's not, mm, it's what do you meditating on, thinking about, pondering in. And so this should be a litmus test. This is a verse I think every believer should know because when a thought comes, you measure it to, is it true? Because if it's not true, why are you thinking about it? My daughter doesn't know this. She's, I think she's watching online. One of my kids wasn't feeling well, so Patty's home with the girls. I was picking up some stuff and I found a little piece of paper the other day that one of my daughters wrote a prayer and actually said this, God, so-and-so lied about me and said I said this and I didn't do it. You know the truth, God. Help me forgive. My 11-year-old. By myself. I haven't even told Patty that story. It was by myself. I found that on, I guess she dropped it and it's found it in the floor of the office. If it's not true, Why are you trying to defend yourself against something that's not true? Why are you wasting time and energy and bandwidth trying to say something and and fight it when it's not true? If it's not true, don't think about it. Then the next one, is it noble? Is it pure? Is it just? Does it bring heaven's justice? If it's not any of those things, why are we thinking about it? Because where our, what we think about, where our mind is, that's where we're going to follow. And it's why our thoughts derail us sometimes from the pursuit of God. This is the way I wrote it down, and you can jot this down if you're taking notes. We are led by what we continually think about. We are led by what we continually think about. Anybody ever gone car shopping? You're going to get a new car, right? You start test driving cars. This happened to us last year. We, we just celebrated a year with the car that, that, that we've had. And I think we went to almost every dealer in Miami, <laughs> testing different cars and driving different cars. And we finally settled on one. We said, we're going to get the Toyota Sienna. We like it. It drives great. 
got great turn radius. It's a minivan, but it doesn't look like a minivan, right? Because Patty's like, I don't want a minivan. But it doesn't look like a minivan. It's like, it looks like a little SUV. It's got, a little, some, it's got some sport to it, you know? Can I tell you something? I don't remember ever seeing Siennas until I decided we were going to buy a Sienna. And once we bought the Sienna, bro, they're everywhere, right? Like new Siennas, old Siennas, future Siennas, hybrid Siennas, gas Siennas, they're all over the place. I even met kids named Sienna now, right? Like they're everywhere. Why? Because once I made a decision to focus on it, now my eye sees it everywhere. You know what I'm talking about. The minute that you focus on it, you find it. So if your focus is the things of God, you will pursue God. But if your focus is the things of the world, you're going to lose focus from God and go down the other way. You're going to be derailed. And can I tell you, when a train is derailed, there's a massive issue. We're led by what we continually think about. I wrote this thought down. What we meditate on will determine our pursuit. What we meditate on will determine our pursuit. You know, people talk about even in like self-help stuff, right? You have to have goals. You need to set goals. And why do they talk about setting goals? And in your business, in your workplace, they might have you set goals every year. And they tell you they need to be smart objectives or smart goals because is it attainable? Is it reachable, right? Like it, 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 I, I, I love watching Shark Tank and somebody will come and say, yeah, this year we sold $300,000 and next year we're going to do $5.2 million. And the guy's like, where do you get that from? Like, did you just like imagine that somewhere, right? Because you know, it, 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 that's not necessarily attainable. <laughs> Are we setting goals? But aside from the goals, take that to the side. Let's go to scripture. Are we setting our mind on the things that are above? Are we setting our minds on the things that God says? Are we setting our minds to what God says about us? This Thursday, I was actually had the opportunity to preach to the middle schoolers at Florida Christian, and I talked to them out of Judges chapter 6, the story of Gideon, the way that Gideon saw himself versus the way that God saw him. And I give this in description. You know when you walk into a funny house at the fair and they got all them different mirrors that you walk in front of? And you walk in front of one and it says you're really, really skinny. And you walk in front of the next one and it says you're really, really big. You walk next to him and says you're really, really tall. You walk in front of the other one and says you're really, really short. Like the mirror changes you. Can I tell you the mirror is not the truth? But sometimes we walk out believing the mirror instead of believing God. And we need to believe what God said about us and meditate on what God says about you. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, the head and not the tail. You're, you're going to be the one that, bar, that, that gives or lends and not borrows. You are the one that's going to walk in deliverance and freedom because who the sun sets free is free indeed. The Bible is full of promises to meditate on, which will lead you on the train or on the tracks to pursuit of God. What we meditate on determines our pursuit. So then I had this thought, the importance of guarding the gates to the mind. Guarding the gates to the mind. And now you're like, guarding the gates to the mind? What are you talking about? Well, I believe we got to back everything up with the word of God. Do you agree with me on that? Okay, go to Proverbs chapter 20. 
Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 12. Proverbs 20, verse 12. It says, the hearing ear, the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. One more time. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. We have a gate to our mind through our ears and through our eyes that God designed to speak to us. But can I tell you, the enemy, Satan, devil, and all of his minions, they use it very well also. And what we think because of what we see or what we hear, we tend to believe and then ponder on. But look at what God wants the ear gate and eye gate for. Turn, if you're in Proverbs chapter 20, turn over to chapter number four. Starting in verse 20, it says, my son, give attention to my words. Look at that. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep it in front of you. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Throughout all of Scripture, you find this principle. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is the passage that we read when we dedicate babies to the Lord, when we dedicate children to the Lord. Moses gives the instruction to the people of Israel of what they're supposed to do, where they're supposed to, 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 to guide their children, to put it in the frontlets before their eyes, that they're supposed to watch over, the, watch over it, see it everywhere, talk to them at night, talk to them in the morning, constantly. Psalms chapter 1, David writes that, that, that my mind will be continually meditating on you. In Joshua, we see how he looks and says, my mind will be constantly meditate on your laws and on your statutes. Church, we need to meditate, think about what God says and guard the eye gate and guard the ear gate. Two gates, the eye gate and the ear gate. Right now, we are flooded with images everywhere. What are we watching? What are we looking at? We are flooded with YouTube pastors and preachers and prophets and Instagram teachers and preachers and prophets. Oh, my. <laughs> Sounded like lion teachers and bears. Oh, my. Was that, uh, how is it? Uh? Lion tigers and bears. There you go. Thank you. Not lion teachers and bears. I don't know why I said teachers. Everybody, 58 seconds, and it sounds really good, and our itching ears are like, yeah, and we start thinking about that, but it's not rooted totally on the Word of God. It doesn't have context, or it doesn't have other verses that back it up. It's one idea, and we went for it. What are we listening to? I think this is the next one. We've we got to make sure. Who or what are we listening to? Why? Because who or what we listen to plays a role. In what we think about. Who or what we listen to plays a role in what we think about. One more time. Who or what we listen to. As a matter of fact, take it a step further. Who or what we watch plays a role in what we think about. Who or what we're watching. Who and what we're listening to. Is the person 
that is speaking to us, someone who is rooted in God. I gave you guys an example that happened to us at one point, somebody who they were like adamant that they wanted to like, like, like mentor us, like my wife specifically, was like, well, I think because, you know, you're, you're a new mom and, and I have three kids and going through all this different stuff uh, only to know that the three kids, n- none of them served Jesus, none of them knew the Lord, none of them were thinking, they were all doing all kinds of stuff and I was like, we don't need your mentoring. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want it. Why? You ain't got nothing. I mean, I mean unless you're going to tell me everything you did so I know what not to do. But no, what do we put on social media? We put our best moments, isn't it? You, you know that all these social media influencers take 78,000 photos to find the one. You know who's a wannabe social media influencer if you drive by and you see somebody there, like they're on the floor, like trying to take the picture, like to get the right angle, to get the sun, or to get the this, or to get that. It's like, yep, there, there they are. There it goes. So what happens? We try to guide our life based on somebody's best moment that they took 78,000 pictures to make it look like they did it when they did it. I had one person one time, I, I shared the story, but we, we were I was like, yeah, well, we see you're on the beach, you're having a great time, have you a great vacation? And they're like, beach? I haven't been to the beach in two years. That picture's like three years old. I just wanted to put it out there. <laughs> Liar, <laughs> right? <laughs> Liar! Why are you lying? Why are you trying to pretend to everybody you got this and this is going on? Why aren't you being the real you? Is the reason why we're not then staying on track with God? Because we're trying to be a pleasing thing to everybody else instead of pleasing God. Who are we listening to? What are we watching? If you know that you're not sleeping well because right before bed you're watching the news and everything that Channel 7 talked about was every murder that happened, (laughs) or Channel 10, Channel 6, whatever channel you watch. I'm not talking about a specific one. Channel 4, whatever. 23, 51, balante, anyone. Whatever one you're watching, all right? Whatever it is that you're watching, if you notice it's affecting you, watch. like, 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 this is really, really deep. Stop watching it. Stop watching it. Can I tell you, I don't watch the Dolphins play on Saturdays if they have a Saturday game, and I don't watch the Hurricanes play if it's a Saturday night game. Because if they lose, I can't sleep well, I get frustrated, and then I struggle to preach the next day. Get up here all tired. Pastor, you didn't sleep well. No, one of the girls said, no, 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 the Hurricanes. You know, they blew it in the fourth quarter. They took the foot off it all. Pastor, how do you let that affect you? It went in through the eye gate. And then I started thinking about it and and, and ruminating on it and going through the stuff, right? So I'm not telling you, okay, listen, I'm not telling you don't read the news, don't watch it. I'm not saying to do that. But if you know that all the time you watch it, there's an issue. You're filled with worry. You're filled with anxiety. You're filled with the thing. Stop. Because you can control what you think about by allowing it to stay and come in or not. Put an end to it. The person in your life 
that keeps talking to you everything negative, 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 listen, man, I don't want to hear it. But we've been friends since we were, okay, I grew, they didn't. We're, you know, we're, 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 we're done. I said this to somebody recently. I probably shouldn't have said it, but it just came out from the innermost depths of my bowels. They were talking about all this stuff or whatever, and I looked at them, I was like, bro, like, I graduated high school 22 years ago. I'm not trying to be friends with everybody here. Like, it was like, like, like I'm not in high school anymore. Because it was a group that was like, everything was like, you know, you know, you're talking about high school, friends. You know what I'm talking about when you were in high school? If you're still in high school, listen, I'm not, no disrespect. You'll understand when you're 40-something years old what I mean. <laughs> we're going to be best friends forever until we graduate. We just never see each other again, right? Like, it's done. No, 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 no. Every relationship, every interaction, is it building? Is it building both of us? Am I being a blessing to you while you're also being a blessing to me? Because let me tell you, if it's only me being a blessing to you, I don't want you either. Is this a mutual partnership? Are we both growing? Are we both being pushed to go forward in God? Are we both growing in our relationship? Because you know why many of us are frustrated? Because the only people around us are people who suck us dry. But God put me in their life. Yes, he did to be a blessing, but also keep them at a distance and be filled. Can I tell you something? I'm sorry, this is going to hurt, but as a pastor, I got to say things that hurt sometimes too. Leave the saving to Jesus. I don't know who that's for this morning, but leave the saving to Jesus. I've met some people that they think they are the solution to everybody. You can't. It's not you. It's not your strength. It's not your ability. It's not your thing. You cannot be the Savior. Jesus is the Savior, and he may use you, but it's he who does the increase. It's he who does the work. And so if there's a relationship that that voice is affecting you because it's going through that ear gate, or the imagery is affecting you because it's going through the eye gate, let's get rid of it. Why? Because as our thoughts go, our pursuit goes. One more time. As our thoughts go, our pursuit goes. That's the way it is. As our thoughts go, our pursuit will go. So what are we thinking about? What are we listening to? Parents? You talk to the parents for a minute, especially of those that have children that are still being formed, that are young. They don't know how to guard their eyes and their ears. It's our job. It's our job. They can't guard it. It's our job. Can I tell you what that looks like in the Perez household? Abigail, Alexander, and Samantha do not watch anything that mom or dad have not watched first. Oh, because of all the new things? No, man, it's just always been that way. My daughters love Disney princesses. One of the princesses that Alexandra loves a lot, even has the outfit and stuff, is Tiana. But can I tell you? 
She has the dress. She has the doll. She takes pictures with her if she's gone to the park, but she's never watched the movie. Why haven't you let her watch Princess and the Frog? Why? Well, because the depiction of the voodoo and the witchcraft in New Orleans is very, very close to authentic. And I'm not going to expose her to it. She can like the princess. She can have the doll. She can take a picture. But I'm guarding the eye gate until she is of age of understanding who God is and his power and can reject it on her own. What are we letting our kids watch? YouTube, even the kids' YouTube, cannot be what raises our children. We got to guard the gate. We have to guard the gate. What are they reading? We need to guard the gate. We can no longer just assume that because it is a children's book, it's okay. We can no longer just assume that because it's rated G, it's okay. We can no longer just assume we need to man the gate of our eyes, of the eyes of our children and the gate of the ears of our children because the world can't do it. And what the world is saying is okay is not what the word of God says it's okay. And Proverbs tells us that we need to listen to attentively and we need to pay attention to his words. If you are not a parent yet, and you will be one day, let this resonate in your mind. If you already had your children and now you are the grandparent that is helping and doing this, that, or the other, hey, when the kid is in your house, make sure you're helping man the gate. Teach them how to man the gate, that they may be able to understand and discern when something isn't godly and say, I don't want to be here. This doesn't sound right. And then use that as a teachable moment that say, that's the Holy Spirit, because let me tell you something, there ain't no junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that speaks to me speaks to your children. What does the Bible say in Proverbs? I know this is not a parenting preaching, but we got to go there. We've got to talk about this in in today's day and age. Train up a child in the way that they should go. Training requires effort. I cannot pick up the weight that you can, Sergio, because I don't work out like you do. I don't work out at all, but I don't work out especially like you do. (laughs) Training requires effort. So as adults, guard your eye gate, guard your ear gate. As a parent, guard it for yourself and also guard it for your children. You know what's a good test on that one? If Jesus was physically sitting with me, would I watch it? Remember, he's with you all the time. Like I always had somebody in the car one time and they, 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 we were driving by somewhere and, I heard, and, and they cursed and it was like close to like a church. It was like, oh my God, I did it in front of a church or whatever. And then they were like, oh, and now I said, oh my God. And I was like, dude, like, it doesn't have to be in front of a building. Like God knows you all the time. everywhere, right? (laughs) Everywhere. So, would you talk about it with Jesus? 
Would you use that speech with him? Ooh, would you use that tone of voice with him? That's a really good test. Very sobering. <laughs> and let me take the burden off. You're going to mess up, because I do too. But we serve a God that when you call out on him, he forgives and he restores. And my goal is that today I mess up less than I messed up yesterday. And the day after I mess up less than I messed up today, which is less than I messed up yesterday. And sometimes I hit a really bad pothole and I get a flat, but I get it fixed and I get back on the road. I've told you guys before, and, 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 and let's see who pays attention here, all right? Who knows what my favorite movie is? You can shout it out. Top Gun. All right. Top Gun 2, I know it comes out this month. I've been waiting for it for a long time. But anyways, there's a part in Top Gun where Maverick, he flies through the jet wash. The plane goes into a spin. They have to eject. His Rio goose loses his life. Maverick doesn't want to get back in a plane. But the captain, the guy in charge, as soon as they clear him by the board of inquiry, he looks at him and he says, get him in the air as soon as possible. Get him back in the cockpit. Get him back in the air. And they got him back in the air, and guess what? Maverick wouldn't engage. And he came back down, and the guy's like, he's not engaging. He's like, keep sending him up. Keep sending him up. Can I tell you something? God's got you, and he says, keep sending him up. I forgive him. I restore him. Keep sending him up, because I'm going to use him when they get out in the war to knock down all the MiGs. But you got to be willing to get back in the cockpit. And part of that is based on what you think about, and you guard that. Worship team, come up to the altar quick and start playing something there. What you think about, and the gates of the eyes, and the gates of the ears. Because as we think, so goes our pursuit. Philippians 4, 8. One more time, if you can throw it up, media team. You guys are doing an amazing job. Philippians 4, 8. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, online campus, read it too. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You know, Jesus himself told one of his disciples to get behind him. Do you remember when Jesus is getting ready and he says, I'm going to go, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to the cross, I'm going to die. And Peter says, no, you're not. You're not going to, you don't need. And J Jesus turned and said, get behind me, Satan. Right now, that, you're, you're my friend right now. I'm manning this ear gate. And that thought that I don't need to fulfill the will of God in my life is out of here. In Jesus' name, manage the ear gate, manage the eye gate, because as your thoughts go, your pursuit will go. Come on, church, stand to your feet this morning.
Father, this morning, we thank you that you are here for us. We thank you that you forgive, that you restore, that you hold, that you never let go. We thank you, God, for the fullness that we have in you. And Lord, I speak for myself right now. I repent for at times allowing what should not enter to come through my eye gate or my ear gate and letting that thought ruminate in there until it quenches my pursuit of you. God, forgive me. And Lord, I make covenant with you. As David said in Psalm 101, I make covenant with my eyes to not look at anything wicked, anything vile. Lord, I make covenant with my ears to not listen to gossip and slander and lies and things that are not of you. Father, I pray that we walk in the boldness to look at somebody and say, no. Lord, when they speak a curse over our lives, we with boldness and lots of love look and say, no, I cancel your words and I will not allow it to be over my life. Father, that we may walk understanding that our thoughts and what we meditate on will govern our pursuit in Jesus' name. Come on, as we worship for a minute or two, I want you to use this time to get right with God. For perhaps you walked in this morning and, and you have found this message has been convicting to you and you realize there are some voices that you've allowed to speak over your life or into your life that you need to eliminate or some things or some thoughts, some images of, that you need to say, God, forgive me today and remove this from my thought process. As we begin to worship, you and him talk for a moment and let him just strip you from those thoughts. that again, sing it again. head for a moment because I don't want to go on 
with the finishing off of our service without giving everybody the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. As I said during the message, he is the savior. Can I tell you, he wants a personal relationship with you. And what does it take? The Bible is clear. Number one, that is God's desire for all men to be saved. The Bible is clear that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It takes belief that Jesus is the son of God. The Bible is clear that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. So today with every head bowed, every eye closed, if today you walked into the sanctuary, today you're tuning in online for the first time or for the gazillionth time, and you say, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. Or perhaps you walked away and today you say, I want to get right with him. I want you to pray this prayer with me, believing it. See, the power is not in the words or the prayer. It's in the belief. And we're going to pray with you. You're not going to do it alone. But we're going to say, God, I am a sinner. I cannot get to you on my own. But I believe Jesus is your son. He came to earth. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. And he rose from the grave to pay the price for my sin. So today, I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart. Write my name in the book of life. And God... From now on, I'm yours, and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can you give God a hand of praise this morning?